0: This episode wouldn't be possible without our sponsor, Blush. Blush does beautiful letterpress printing of cards, stationery, and more for designers and artists. We'll tell you more about Blush later in the show. This is Unfinished Business, the show that talks about the business end of web, design, and creative industries. This is episode 27, and today is Friday, the 5th of July, 2013. The show is hosted by me, Anna Debenham, and by my co-host, Andy Clark.
1: So see, you didn't read out the bit about where I said that I'd lost a pound of body fat this week.
0: A pound?
1: No, crap. A whole... No, actually, I didn't lose any weight at all, which is disappointing. I lost a percent, <laughs> a percentage of body fat. Imagine losing a pound of fat. That's a bit, ooh, that's large. <laughs> <laughs> Can you have it in a bowl?
0: Left
1: it. Oh. <laughs> on the kitchen. That's, that's really horrible, actually. I don't know. It means that I'm putting on more muscle and losing fat. I'm getting leaner and healthier, which is not bad. You know, I've only been doing this for two weeks. so. Yeah, no, very pleased with that. I've been walking. I've been in Geneva this week, and I've been walking a lot more. I've been walking like a mile to the office and back, which is good. Mm-hmm. Stayed off the kebabs. <laughs> <laughs> Ke- kebabs aren't diet food, aren't they? What? No, no, kebabs what, are not. What have diet
0: they got loads of salad with them.
1: Well, you get a bit of salad. There's a bit of lettuce, but you know, mostly it's kind of like kebab. I don't know, what, what kind of, where, where do they get the meat from, from kebabs? Just comes in that great spiky thing. Anyway, I haven't had a kebab this week, and I've been eating very healthily, eating a lot of salad and drinking a lot of water. So that's good. Healthy, healthy. Exciting. Yeah, to know else is exciting. <laughs> I, we bought tickets to go see Motorhead in Manchester, Manchester Apollo, on my birthday, 23rd November.
0: I it's didn't great. think you were a motorbike fan.
1: I love Motorhead. We've been going... This is... is, Kids, listen to your dads when they want to go to Motorhead concerts. I was taking Alex to Motorhead concerts for years when he was a teenager and stuff. We used to go to Motorhead concerts a lot. That's how you bring up your kids. You take them to a deafening heavy metal concert every year on your birthday. That's what we did. Anyway... (laughs) <laughs> this time, this time, because he's away, because he's gone off, he's doing stuff. We went to see Motorhead last year at Man, not Manchester Polo, Leicester, De Montfort Hall, and it wasn't as loud. It was a good gig, but it wasn't the best. So he's not going to come this year. And, uh, I bought a ticket and Sue's going to come. <laughs> That'd be fun. She's never been to a Motorhead gig before. She's like five foot one and a half. So she's going to be... she's going to, she's going to be in a, we're going to be down in the pit. We're not going to sit down. We're going to be down in the pit. You're going to go to go the around. mosh pit? Yeah, absolutely. Ah, oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> Do you like Motorhead?
0: Uh, no, I've never heard of them.
1: You What, you've, ha- you've never heard of them or you've never heard them?
0: Uh, both.
1: Oh, man, I thought you'd be into Motorhead. Bomber? No. Overkill? No. I did Overkill at karaoke with Jeremy Keith once and he killed me. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be there There's going to be me and Mrs Surrounded by like a lot of middle-aged bikers And biker wannabes like me And old punks It's going to be fun <laughs> <laughs> You don't sound impressed by this, I th- thought, my excitement I thought
0: you were more of a mod
1: Yeah, well, I like lots of things, don't I? Anyway, <laughs> the mod's, the mod's most, mostly branding To be honest <laughs> did I, I never ever had a scooter. Sorry, kids, for like shattering your illusions of Malachi oh. the scooter. But I never actually had one ever. I did hey. have a motorbike once.
0: A motorbike?
1: An actual motorbike. Yeah.
0: Did you ever ride it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, not for long. It's, oh, this is we're going to get into the embarrassing stories now. But I always, always wanted to learn to ride a bike, proper bike. And
0: like a, a bicycle bike?
1: No. But a proper motorbike, a big heavy thing. Always wanted to do that, so I started doing. This is years ago. I did um like a motorcycle training course. So because the way that you do it, you can either, well, in this country anyway, in America, if you could just go and buy a bike and then just like drive it down the road. That, really? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's you can do that with cars as well, I think. Certain states. <laughs> it's there's basically ah, oh, all you have to do is just point to it and go, "That's a motorcycle," and they let you have one. <laughs> Whereas over here. You have to do some fairly kind of rigorous training. So you can either go and get your provisional license and then you wear L plates and then you take a test later. Or you can do like a few weeks of intensive training and then you can take your test and hopefully pass it. And then you can ride a bike of any size without L plates and, you know, you're just on the road. And that's what Uh, I did.
0: I see a lot of people on motorbikes just with the L plates. Is it They just leave them on there so they don't have to do the test.
1: Uh, yeah, basically. And you can only ride a bike up to a certain cc. Right. So, um, for example, you know, when I passed my test, I took three times. Three times I took my test before I took it. <laughs> I thought well, I, I was a bit rubbish. And they do this thing where you have to do a U-turn, which sounds really easy, but it's really flipping hard. Because you have to do it on, like, a residential street. And you can't put your foot down as you're turning. And you mustn't hit the curb or kill pedestrians. And...
0: <laughs> And you did all of those.
1: I I put my foot down twice, which wasn't the only thing I failed for the first couple of times. So I was a complete disaster. So anyway, so, have I told you the story about how I lost my bike? No. No, God, okay. I don't think I've ever told this publicly. So I got my bike and it's beautiful. I love it. And it's a 650cc Yamaha black thing. It looks amazing. And, uh, it was a bit heavy, though, a bit heavy for me. And I was going round a bend in by the next village, and I came off it on the bend doing about 30. <laughs> I know. And I had my full kit on, so I was fine. I was a bit bruised, um, and the bike was scuffed because it kind of went away from me down the road. And uh, I was like, crap. So I get up, and, you know, fortunately I'm Okay and I try to lift this thing and I I'd, I'd only just 20 minutes earlier I'd only just filled it up with petrol so it's a little bit heavy <laughs> <laughs> and you know me I'm not I'm not Mr Strength so to be honest I couldn't lift it I could not lift it off its side I was such, such a wendy I just couldn't Whoa. couldn't get it off the side so I'm standing there struggling with this bloody bike and around the corner comes this lady in a mini and I recognize her. So she's one of the ladies from the village, but she doesn't recognize, she doesn't recognize me because I've got my, you know, I've got my kit on, I've got my <laughs> helmet on. So she stops and she says to me, are you all right, love? Well, she didn't say it in that voice because that's more like a Yorkshire oh. voice, but she said it in like a, a Welsh voice, being Welsh and all. And I just went, I can't live my bike. <laughs> And she said, let me help. <laughs> so there's like this... Were you
0: crying?
1: Well, no, but I, I, I did have a few tears later on. <laughs> and uh, and that was that. So she helped me lift my bike up and then I rode home. And the last time I rode it was to the repair shop in Chester. I took it in. I said, okay, this needs this needs fixing. Um, here's the insurance details. And I went away on holiday for a couple of weeks, came back, phoned him up and said... How's my bike doing? And they went, ah, the insurance company picked it up, took it away. What? I was like, well, sometimes insurance companies, they want to use their own repairers rather than, you know, just the local dealer. Oh, I see. So they did that. And so I phoned the insurance company. They said, oh, we've written it off. I said, what? It wasn't that badly damaged. They said, yeah, you scratched the frame. That's the expensive part. So we're just going to send you a check. Oh. So they sent me a check, which was fine. Um but I never got another bike.
0: Does it have I... a name?
1: Uh, No. Actually, it didn't have a name. Maybe that was what the problem was. Because my car's got a name, obviously.
0: Oh, what's your car called? He's called Henry.
1: Henry Aww. Honda.
0: Like the Hoovers?
1: No, Henry. well, yeah, of course. It would <laughs> be no.
0: funny if you named it after Hoover.
1: Yeah, no, Honda. Like Henry Fonda, but he's a Honda, so it's Henry Honda. See really? what I did there? Man, my comedy's classic. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the story about how I fell off my
0: bike. Oh.
1: Have you seen this new freelance survey that Cole Henley's put out?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. Uh, every year, Cole sort of writes a little survey for freelancers to answer. So if you are a freelancer, uh, please fill out his survey. He's asking things like um, uh, embarrassing questions like how much exercise do you do? Um, how much do you earn? That sort of thing. And then he writes a big report at the end um, and sort of says, which regions earn more and um, how many hours of work people do. Um, and it's all very kind of, it's all very good.
1: Mm, I like to think of it as like our equivalent of the A Part Parts survey.
0: Yeah, yeah. So is it only for people in the UK? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: I think so. I don't know because I haven't actually filled it in this year. Because um, I don't know whether I should. I don't know whether, you know, we might sort of skew it by, you know, I'm not, I don't know whether I'm could be classed as freelance or not so
0: huh.
1: i put my i put my fingers in last year and it kind of it did skew things a little bit so because you're
0: the only person who lives in wales
1: um well there aren't many and <laughs> you know i did actually put in our studio rate which is like the high one rather than just the general rate right um, and i think i've made a mistake by doing that so i've resisted filling it in so far but i might i might get back and do it but yeah you should you should fill that in cole's got a job by the way congratulations man
0: oh is he working
1: he's going to work at mud as Ooh. their new technical director i saw a blog post for him
0: that's a cool name for a company
1: it is isn't it yeah i think they do cool stuff too so he's landed on his feet there
0: yay well done cole the henry stuff.
1: so big news for regular listeners this week come on can we have a drum roll Hey, that's not a soundboard. That's you just, like, rattling on the desk.
0: <laughs> that was, when I looked at the show notes, I was worried that the big news would be that we have a soundboard. And I just tried to imagine you controlling the soundboard. Um, and I thought we might have to have some words. <laughs>
1: I'd do it in a comedy style.
0: We haven't got a soundboard, have we?
1: Uh, no, we haven't got a soundboard. Good. I don't even know what one is. Is it just like software that you press the button and it makes noises?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Okay, it just sounds all it. Very complicated. Now, the big news this week for regular listeners is that you splashed out on a flake.
0: Oh, really? That's the big news. It
1: is. Well, I was impressed.
0: <laughs> 20p that cost.
1: What brought that on? Are you feeling extravagant? Did you have a pay rise?
0: Um, I just happened to have 20p in my pocket. So I got an ice cream and I upgraded and had a flake with it.
1: <laughs> Apparently this is something
0: that they don't have in the US. They don't have 99 flakes. Uh, the, the ice cream with the flake in it. And it's very nice. Um, I don't think the flake is worth 20p extra, but it just, you know, it's an ice cream van. It's a novelty.
1: If you wanted to buy, I haven't looked at this for years, if you wanted to buy a flake in a shop, just like, you know, oh, I think I'll have a flake. And you go <laughs> and buy a flake. How much is a flake there?
0: It's like, 80p or something. Well, how can that even work then?
1: Why can they charge 20p at the ice cream van?
0: Because they're half the size. Are they? Yeah. Oh. They're not like the big flakes. That would be ridiculous. You'd have like this pimped up ice cream with a massive flake in it. That would just be stupid.
1: I can't remember where I. Actually, that
0: sounds like a really good idea. It does sound like a great idea. You could stick it all the way through the cone.
1: I can't remember nice. where I heard this story, but somebody told me, or I heard once that somebody had told their kids that when the ice cream van made the noise, it meant that they'd run out of ice cream.
0: I heard that. Yeah.
1: Where was I? who mentioned that? I can't remember now.
0: That sounds like something Cole would do.
1: <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, but you were.
0: Uh, or was it yeah. Collie?
1: I don't know. I, do you know, I can't remember. I can't remember where I heard it now, but it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> here you see, Mrs. Lardy Dart. You had frozen yogurt as well. Yeah. Man, it's so poncy. Ah. Oh, Sorry, it's nice. it is. It is.
0: I just went on a little ice cream spree because you know it's only summer here for about two weeks, and it's so nice to just get ice cream and sit in the park and eat it. Um, so the other day, there was the ice cream van sitting outside the park. And the last time I tried to get ice cream from there, uh, they drove off just as I was coming <laughs> and I had to run after it
1: In, on so, purpose.
0: I don't know. <laughs> so you I yeah. think they were just, they saw like a parking warden and, and drove off and then did a loop and parked up there again when they'd gone. But, um, I decided to get ice cream as a starter and eat my lunch. And then everyone decided to go off and get ice cream. So I went again and I got some. Some nice ice cream. Yeah,
1: every tweet from you was just about ice cream or frozen yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get that up north, you know. Aww. Come up north. We have ice lollies made of beer.
0: That Yeah, they had cider ice lollies in the ice cream van. I don't know if they were actually made of cider, but... God,
1: I mean, God that'd be so good if they were made of cider. You could make be... them. Yeah, I know. It'd just be great to get your kids drunk. There <laughs> you are, Jimmy. Have one of these. Get your laughing gear around that. <laughs> That'd oh, be cool. That's, you see, this is the kind of parent I was. Am.
0: I can imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So last week you asked a load of stupid questions and I decided to retaliate. And I see you've taken out some of my questions.
1: Um, Not all of them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> most of them.
1: No. Were they <laughs> not...
0: Were they not good enough? No, I was just
1: <laughs> trying to edit things down so that maybe we could talk about business a bit oh. earlier.
0: Oh, not... yeah, I guess we're almost, we're 15 minutes in and we we haven't talked about yeah, business yet. Yeah, I don't yet. care
1: about that. People, people, sometimes they write in and they go, can you get to the business stuff a little bit quicker? Really? Yeah, I oh, know. we've dear. had a couple of emails like that. Well, yeah, not yeah, many, just know. a couple. And just fast like, forward. Yeah, exactly. That's what the fast forward button's for.
0: Oh, put us on two times speed. You're, I, I think that's really funny.
1: I don't think people tune in for the business stuff, so to be honest. I think they just... Uh, they tune in to listen to our repartee.
0: <laughs> so I'll do these, I'll run through these quickly. Um So if you could be any kind of ape, what would it be?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this. It's a stupid question because we already are apes. Yeah. Well,
0: Jeremy came up with that question, so. Oh, yeah, what does he know about anything?
1: Um, I mean, no, we're all apes, obviously. Humans, apes, we're all part of the same thing. Some of us hairier and smellier than others, that's all. But no, we're <laughs> all apes. Um, if i was gonna be another sort of ape though i don't know i quite i mean obviously i like gorillas they're my favorite but i think orangutan's long arms could come in very handy sometimes <laughs> and they've also got unlike gorillas um they've also got those what they call it the pretensile or something where you can like grip things with your feet
0: oh yeah i've always thought that would be really handy like if you're watching TV and you want to Change the channel, but you can't find the remote. You could just stick your foot out and change it on the TV. Exactly.
1: That was my thought. In fact, orangutans. When was the last time you saw orangutans at the zoo?
0: Uh, when I went to London Zoo and I sent you a picture.
1: Did you send me a picture of an orangutan?
0: Yes. Oh, we yes talked you did? About it in oh, the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ask me. I'm getting old. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. You, you asked a question on Twitter that was something like, oh, what, uh, what timekeeping app should I use? It's like, we talked about this.
1: Yeah, I did try that though. Um, and, I bought it from the Mac app store and installed it. Cause we needed something just to keep track of one particular client. Cause I don't do stuff by the hour, but we needed that. Um, and I went with that recommendation. It wasn't just yours. There was a few other people mentioned it too. And then when I got it, it was bloody useless. Cause you couldn't do anything with it unless you, unless you synced it up with some other system, like free agent.
0: Oh, uh,
1: so I basically, See, this is
0: why you need free agents. Yeah, I know exactly.
1: But, I didn't. So I did what I often do, if, if something doesn't quite work out like that, was I asked for a refund from Apple. And literally, I had a refund in four hours. Aww. It's amazing. So, you know, and it was, wasn't that it was a bad app. It was just that it, the description didn't make it clear that you, could, you couldn't you could use it stand alone, which I thought was a little disappointing.
0: <laughs> right, anyway. next question. Yeah, go on. Uh, what superhero ability do you wish you had?
1: Yeah. Every adolescent boy would say invisibility
0: <laughs>
1: for obvious reasons. Um, X-ray vision. They'd say that as well. Who might argue? I don't know. I mean, there's some superheroes that have got you know great powers. I mean, Superman's got like every power. Yeah. This, this is the problem with Superman, right? This is why I don't think they can ever, ever, ever make a good Superman movie because he's just a flawed character. The whole idea that Superman is super strong and can fly and has, um, super hearing and super sight and, that heat vision. Man, where did that one come from? <laughs> um, and super breath.
0: <whistles>
1: no, it really freezes things. <whistles> That'll be good on the mic. Um, yeah, I mean, Superman's just like a very, it, it made sense back in the 1930s when he was supposed to be this kind of beacon of hope for people in the Depression. Um, you know, that's obviously where Superman comes from. Today, it makes no bloody difference. I mean, the fact that he, he just grew so powerful that there's, apart from a bit of kryptonite, there's nothing that can stop him. Yeah. It's, 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 you can't make a good Superman movie. Um, you ever seen The Flash? No. no. He can just run fast. but he could Oh, run-
0: yeah, I heard about him.
1: Yeah, and then he has some kind of cosmic treadmill that... We're going to really annoy Merlin or- and Dan, maybe. If they <laughs> <talking> <laughs> they about
0: don't comics. listen to this. No,
1: never. Um, so, yeah, don't know, really. I think I'm just going to stick with X-ray vision.
0: Don't you think it'd be cool to be able to fly? Um, are you scared of heights?
1: No, no, I I like flying. I mean, no, if you want to fly, you use EasyJet.
0: I want to fly so that I don't have to commute. That would be nice. Or I'd teleportation.
1: Yeah, no, okay, yeah, yeah, teleportation. That would be it. Teleportation. That would be it. Until they invent like beaming, Um that would be good. Actually, that would be very, very good. Anyway, so you know, remember we were talking about weekly working? Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, because I've, you know, I've been doing this for a while and talked about it a little bit on the show, and we do get people writing in going, you know. What do you do about this? Or how does that work? Or how do you handle this situation? Stuff like that. Um, and I want to just have a, a bit of a recap, really, over why we do it and then talk about um, some disadvantages. Yep. Because I've had a few of those this week. Uh-huh. So Yeah, I know. So in terms of why we started doing it, we started doing it because it was incredibly hard to schedule projects. You know, you if you just quoted or estimated by the project um we'd get into all kinds of trouble you know we'd overrun we'd get things overlapping um you know there was it was based on um somebody else's time scales rather than hours you know if you just i mean let's face it if if the client's hiring you to do a job it's you know you're kind of dancing to their tune yeah you know if if it's their project timetable rather than rather than hours often so we got into all kinds of trouble when things would overlap and, you know, you work in double hours and and that. So we decided that we wanted to to simplify it a bit. And that's, that's what we did. And it's had this really good um, effect on the business. You know, it's made estimating things really easy. You know, we don't have to kind of um, go into a lot of detail when we do a proposal. Mm. We can, you know, we don't have to spend two or three hours, you know, piling through a lot of, you know, detailed material. We can basically break things down into, you know, quite broad themes. Yeah. And then schedule them weekly. And then we just estimate the number of weeks. That works.
0: So would you do kind of project discovery, uh, design, four weeks front end development, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah. Except that we'd actually break it down a little bit more granular than that. Right, And we'd say, okay, well, this week we want to work on the news section. And this week, next week, we want to work on the product section, something like that. So
0: you kind of break it down by template?
1: Yeah, template or template group or kind of business area, that kind of thing. So that's worked really well. And it's made the scheduling really easy. So, you know, we block things in by the week and we can just open up iCal. And, oh man, I can't wait until iCal isn't that horrible leather thing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, come on, Mavericks, give me the Mavericks. Don't you
0: use Fantastical?
1: I do use Fantastical, but I use it for quick kind of glances and um, entering in things. Yeah. But it doesn't have like a full screen. Page
0: yeah, view. I do like that in iCal. Yeah,
1: because what I do is I set iCal up as a space and then I can just, you know, do that whole four finger flip thing.
0: Guessing you're not using uh, Google Calendar?
1: No, no, it's all, it is all Apple.
0: Hmm.
1: iCloud. So you know we can look at that and we can go no busy 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 free, um and that you know that makes scheduling a lot easier
0: because
1: mm. we can see it at a glance you know when we're when we're busy and when we're not, and then from a kind of a client relationship thing, it focuses everybody's attention so they know that you're going to be working with them a certain week, and they should hopefully know that they've got to provide stuff that we need. Before we start, and they need to be available for collaboration and sign off and things like that. So it focuses everybody's attention, you know, on that particular thing, which is so much better. You know, what it's like working with clients when they're all over the place because they're busy doing other things, you know. Mm. And that means it sign offs better because you know you can say to somebody, right, we're going to start working on the new section on the Monday, we're going to finish it on the Friday, and you know, nine times out of 10, you'll get to sign off on the Friday. Because it's not like you wait till Friday to kind of do some big reveal. Yeah. You know, from Monday afternoon onwards, they're, you know, they're working with you and seeing stuff and commenting all the way. So, you know, by the end of Friday, you should be where you want to be. So that works, right? Hmm. And then if they want to make changes and it's kind of maybe a change of scope, instead of sort of scratching your head going or scratching your beard, <laughs> going, Oh, I don't know. Maybe we can fit that in. Maybe we can't fit that in. You know, should that be extra? Should that not be extra? You can just say to a client, that's a brilliant idea. Let's roll that into another week. And then, you know, if they decide that actually it's not such a good idea because I don't want to pay for it, <laughs> then that goes away. And otherwise it's, it's more business for you. So that's good. And it means that we get better account management and credit control as well. Yeah. So we're never more than a week unpaid on a job, which is Cause you're billing
0: every week rather than every month. So better yeah. cash flow.
1: Yeah. And we're billing in advance where we can, which is most times. So that's good. Um, so yeah, there's loads and loads of advantages in doing this weekly, weekly working, which people seem to find fascinating. Um, and it, it I don't know whether it works for everybody else, but it works for us. Except that there are, there are a couple of disadvantages which I experienced this week, so I thought we'd talk about them. Cool. After the break. Should we talk about our sponsor this week? Yeah. It's Blush. Blush makes the kind of technology us geeks use every day with 16th century printing methods to provide beautiful letterpress printing for designers and artists. They'll print business cards and greetings cards and Christmas cards and even wedding stationery. All on beautiful papers that they source from all over the world. So if you can design it, Blush will print it. Have a look at their blog for some of the things that they've printed recently. So letterPress is brilliant for business cards. When somebody's handed a, a letterpress business card, the first thing they do, first thing they do is stroke it. They rub their thumbs over it. It's a really tactile experience being given a letterpress card. It creates a great impression. You can create that same impression with other things too, not just business cards. I mean, sure, they'll print other stationery compliment slips. Hey, do people still use those?
0: Uh, Cole does. Really? Yeah, you know, he's got a picture of his kid saying, Yay, I'm not going to go hungry. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I'll huh. put a link in the shy notes to the blog post you wrote about it. Yeah,
1: no, I, oh, I don't think I've seen a compliment slip for years. Used him, he used to get send it with a cheque. Ah, thank you very much. Anyway, compliment slips, envelopes. I'm going to put something in an envelope. But there's so much more that you can do that could be amazing with letterpress. So have you seen those bookmarks that Blush printed for five simple steps? Yes. Ah, they're beautiful. They're really good. They're really good. They're really useful. And the best thing is, is that people just keep them around. You still got yours?
0: Yeah. Did they do um, grid set coasters as well?
1: Yeah, they did.
0: I've, I've got loads of them. <laughs> I, I kind of stole a whole stack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I had my um, Five Simple Steps bookmarks for years. And that's what you want out of a promotional item. See those coasters that blush printed for Font Deck?
0: Oh, are they blush as well? Yeah. Yeah, I've got loads of them too. <laughs> Your every houses. year, every year, I just like sneak in and just take a little stack of front deck. They, they, I use them every single day. They're so pretty.
1: Is your house like furnished just with freebies? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so they give both of those things away at conferences and meetups. And Blush once printed a a business card that was made up of a pack of seeds. That's cool. Aww. Cool idea. So if you're new to Letterpress, Mark and his people will help and they'll advise you at every stage of the project. They're really, really nice to work with. And they're just a few miles from my house, which is great. I like to go and hang out there. If you can't get up to North Wales to visit, you can get them to tweet photos of your project while it's being printed. They call that Letterpress Live. That's cool. So follow them on Twitter at Blush Publishing or look out for the hash Letterpress Live hashtag. So everybody loves letterpress printing and Blush are the people to go to. Find out more about Blush by visiting blushpublishing.co.uk slash unfinished or check out the Blush blog at blog.blushpublishing.co.uk for some more examples of ways to use letterpress. Ah, those guys are so good.
0: When you go and visit, do you just spend hours stroking all the paper?
1: Yeah, I do like paper. Yeah. And just looking around, I mean, just the, the old stuff that they have. Yeah, I told you that Alex did his work experience there, didn't
0: I? Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, he was doing this project when he was still at high school. And he had to go and, uh, I don't know, spend a few days. And he went to Blush to do this. And one of the things that he had to do was to produce a poster. And they were so nice to him. They were mm. really nice to him. They taught him loads about typography. While he was there. You know, when people, um, when they're talking about typography and they, they mention the measure.
0: Mm, no. Talking
1: about readable line length. When, when, when you want to make, make sure that, um, a line length is readable, you see, you need to manage the measure. You need to make sure the measure is not too wide. Anyway, it's a typographic term. And, they were te- they were teaching Alex why it's called the measure because back in the day, back when people used to do metal type setting, mm. you know, they used to get you know real letters and put things onto um, you know like the board for printing. Yeah, they used to have to lay out these columns. They used to have to like take the um, take the letters from the from the, the cabinets and put them in so that you know they arrange these rows of letters.
0: Oh, that then, must have been a, a fun job.
1: Yeah, no, so, I Because
0: they'd I all be it. backwards, wouldn't they? Yeah, it's all backwards,
1: exactly. And so what they did, the reason it's called the measure is that they had this little piece of metal, which is like right angle corners. And it was like, it had a scale on it that they'd slide up and down. And then they'd, they'd n- they want to know how, why the, the text needs to be, uh, you know, from, from the column. So they'd just adjust that and then squ um, like tighten it off. And that's the measure. Cause it's like huh. a measure. It's really good. Do you know why it's called uppercase and lowercase letters?
0: Uh, because the uppercase were on the actual, uh, case above the lowercase ones. Yeah,
1: that's exactly, <laughs> I know, Typographic trivia. <laughs> no, it's good. No, he had a ball down there, so no, they're really lovely people, if you, um, you should give them a try with all your stuff. So yes, there's a couple of things happened this week, um, which threw my weekly working schedule into a bit of disarray.
0: I just sorry. I just realised I'm using a deck coaster right now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
1: No, I've, I'm just thinking. I've, I've got one around, knocking around somewhere. I'm actually using a piece of Welsh slate as a coaster. Ah. Oh. Which is very nice.
0: These deck ones are really good because because um, the because the card is kind of a bit tactile. Because I've got one of those slanty desks. It stops a mug sliding off the desk.
1: What the hell kind of angle is your desk at?
0: Uh, I don't know, it's just, it it slopes so that I can, sort of, the the monitor's higher than something like that, I don't know. Why would you want that? It makes it easier when you're drawing.
1: Oh, oh I see, like a plan table.
0: Yeah, it's like a proper, you know, it's got a little glass box on it.
1: This is a fascinating show, isn't it? Everything from (laughs) ice cream to tables. (laughs) All in Sorry. sixty minutes. So <laughs> what did we say, people? What did we say, people? Tune in for this again.
0: <laughs> your beard.
1: No, I, mean, I haven't been beard scratching for for weeks. So anyway, yeah, So these.
0: <laughs> Are you going to shave your beard off because uh, Andy Bud has a beard?
1: No, I'm not. Mine's a lot more dapper than than his. He just looks like you can hide a badger in it. You see what? <laughs> that he look,
0: might be useful.
1: He looks like a lighthouse keeper. That's what he needs to do. When I think he,
0: he looks like a fisherman.
1: When he's made his millions at Clear Left, um, he can go off and run a lighthouse somewhere off the coast of Cornwall.
0: What the hell kind of accent is that?
1: I don't know, but it certainly wasn't a Cornish accent, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not going to shave my beard off, even when it gets like really hot on holiday. I'm going to have to, going to have to sweat my way through it because it's it's. It's a luxurious beard, I'll tell you that. <laughs> anyway, disadvantages of this weekly working thing.
0: Hold on, hold on. What?
1: Oh, are we going to talk about business at all this week?
0: <laughs> well, I was just thinking that that beard thing would be a good show title, but we've already got a show title, and it's something that I haven't said. No, but you did,
1: you did, I know it's breaking the rule, but you did tweet the stupidest thing, which was well, <laughs> moccasins. Is that a type of seashell? So net net there. Somebody said it in the show, so it's allowed. It's allowed as a show title.
0: Let's talk about business.
1: <laughs> so we're booked all the way through July, right? Because we what we do is we, we plan these weeks out and, you know, they're solid kind of Monday to Friday stints. So we haven't got any time in July at all. Um, in fact, we haven't had... A non billable day at all this year.
0: Wow, not even a Uh, holiday.
1: Uh, no, because even when Sue and I were in Japan, designer Sue was here working. So, technically, Ah. technically, we haven't had a non billable day, which is pretty good. Even weekends, actually, mostly we—that's another another tangent. Um, (laughs) but I've been going off to to Geneva, um. For all these weeks to, to work with WIPO. And I've been flying out there on, I've been leaving the house at like 10 o'clock on a Friday, uh, on a Sunday morning. And then get the plane at sort of, you know, Sunday lunchtime, something like that. And it mm-hmm. occurred to me the other day, why aren't I charging for that? That's my weekend.
0: Mm.
1: So we've decided that, um, we need to find some way of, uh, being able to account for that. And I, I don't think that it should be maybe a full billable day. But maybe travelling should be a half billable day. Something like that. I don't know.
0: I guess because it's, even though you're not working on actual work, it's not like you can just teleport there unless you're a superhero.
1: That is true. That should be lovely to be able to do that, wouldn't it? You can just like, oh
0: yeah. (laughs) I'd, I'd save so much money. Most of my uh, outgoings are train tickets. Can you
1: still like dodge the ticket inspector?
0: You ever done that? No, there's ticket barriers. Uh
1: that's no fun. It's like security cameras or CCTV. That's no fun either. Anyway, <laughs> so we're busy, right? We're, we're busy. And the other thing is is that we're closing for what are three and a half weeks in August. Yeah. Um, and Sue's, designer Sue's going to take her holiday at the same time. So we're just basically going to shut down. We're not w- working on any projects. So it's not like – I'm not going to be worried about – Leaving something behind or wondering, you know, what am I, what's happening with that job? I'm not going to have the stress of thinking, ah, oh, I wonder what's in my inbox. You know, maybe there's a problem with something. I'm not going to uh-huh. have any of that. Well, because we're not going to be working on anything. So, unless you. Yeah, but inter- I mean,
0: what if you get an email from someone saying, asking a question or, or even someone, um, asking if they can work with you?
1: Um, yeah, well, I'll still answer email every few days. But I'll know that there's not going to be, you know, your usual flood of client questions because, yes. you know, we won't have a, a, a live project on the go. So we're we're booked all the way through through July. We, You know, we're closed in August. And then I thought, that's OK, because I'm not really worried about what we want to come back to in September, because, you know, I know every freelancer, every small business thinks, oh, I think it might, might be my last job. <laughs> I might never get another one. <laughs> But, you know, I know that there's going to be some stuff to do. I'm not worried about having an empty diary. So, and then these two projects came up this week. I've got two really, really interesting punts. The first one is a really good job, really exciting job. And it's got pretty tight deadline. It's achievable, but it's pretty tight. It's like they want to launch this thing in November. Mm. So, you know, that's fast. Um, and the thing with it is that they need a meeting, uh, over the next two weeks. So they want to get together and, you know, talk about it. I don't know if it's talking to us, you know, talking to a few other people, but they need to get together. Um, I haven't got a free day. I have, yeah. there's not a single free day in the diary before we go off on holiday. So, you know, when you're working on something and you're blocking that time in for a client, How do you handle things like away days to meetings? Yeah, it'd be great if you could teleport. Yeah. Right, that'd be great. Um, because you know you could, you still want to meet people face to face. People say, oh, you just have it on Skype, isn't that what the internet's about? You can, you know, you don't have to travel somewhere, but it's not the same, is it?
0: No, especially if you're meeting a whole team. If you're kind of visiting the premises, it's it really isn't the same.
1: No, it's not. So I don't know what we're going to do about that because you know when we work with somebody, um, that we only work with them, right? We don't dance off and do something else. Yeah. Um, and
0: same with client calls. You know, if you've got even if you did schedule an a Skype call, that's still their time.
1: Exactly. You know, I don't want somebody paying for some for time that I'm using for somebody else because that yeah. you know it just wouldn't be fair. So I've got to think about what to do about that. Um, you know, how we handle things like that, because, you know, yeah, it's potentially once in a blue moon that you have to kind of go off and do something else. But how do you account for it um, when it's a small business? I mean, I suppose if you're a bigger agency, then, you know, I, you know if, we, if we were bigger, then I can go off and have meetings and other people can be carrying on doing the work. But, you know, we're too small for that. And then the other thing, we've got um, another project that I really want to do really, really, really want to do. Um, but they need it to start sometime in August. Um I mean, that's the problem with holidays, I suppose. So, um, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about that, because I mean, there's no reflection on us, obviously, because everybody's entitled to a bit of time off. I mean, I haven't had a free day apart from that trip to Japan since, you know, mm. since we started, so I you know, and I f- sometimes you feel like saying, God, you know, well, why, you know, what, what why can't you wait?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, especially when people have really tight deadlines, it just, I, sometimes I think it just shows a bit of lack of forward planning. Um, so
0: I've been, I've been having a kind of similar problem, but it's, you know, with the weekly scheduling, um, but it's more about, um, so the client's got, uh, they've got their own schedule. They've got kind of weeks where they have designers in. And the front end development doesn't start properly until sort of three or four weeks into the project. Um, but they want me in sort of two days a week to, you know, to kind of see what the designers are working on, which I think is a really good idea. Mm. It's really nice to be on a project where even though you're not necessarily writing code, you're kind of seeing what the designers are doing. You're kind of making plans. Um, but of course I can't kind of build for a whole week. Um, I can only build for individual days Um and then it's kind of I'm thinking about oh should I try and schedule some more work in around that um, but I don't really like working on two projects at the same time I like to just focus on one um, so have you ever had that problem sort of where you've either been phased in or phased out?
1: Mm. I mean I think what I would probably do in that situation is to say listen you're going to buy a week's worth of time and we'll just use it up whenever Right. Um, that's, that's, oh, right.
0: So you'd have like days sort of carry on into other you weeks. Could,
1: well, you could do it. Well, we haven't, but you could do it that way. Um, days are messy. I think, you know, days are just too messy.
0: They're not as messy as hours. How does anybody? i never go back to working hours again. How
1: does anybody manage anything when they, when they operate by the hour? I have no idea how people do that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I'd handle that because. That's one of those situations where, you know, you do need to be in two places at one time. Hey, no, that's a superpower. <laughs> there you go. That's answered that question. You just need the, another one of me. That's, oh, Christ, can you imagine? The universe does not need, <laughs> does not need another one of me. <laughs> clones. Speaking of clones, why haven't mm. they cloned woolly mammoths yet?
0: Um, I think there are some ethical... Things they need to talk through first, maybe.
1: I think that the Japanese are working on it. Although you know, you just can't kind of come across a mammoth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a show title. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what, how to handle these little things. Um, because how how do you how do you build in contingency? for that kind of stuff to happen when, you know, you're you're stacking up the weeks. And this has been the problem we've had is that, you know, since January to now, literally every week has been taken care of. So there hasn't been like a free day to go off and, you know, have a chat. Right. Um, And then the other thing is because, you know, what happens if if there's some overflow? Because not everything always goes to plan, even when we do this weekly thing. Mm. Not everything goes to plan. Sometimes the stuff that you don't get finished. Um, you know, that happens every now and again. And a few hours here and there I can probably you know, I can probably deal with. But
0: something that um Sarah Parmenter mentioned in a in a blog post was or I think she was talking to someone on a podcast. She was saying that um to avoid that kind of overlap, um, she schedules in sort of two or three weeks of just dead time, um, where she expects, you know, a project might overrun and then she doesn't use that time. She can work on sort of personal projects. And I think that's a, that's a nice way of doing it where, you know, you you expect a project to overrun and you add a few days or a few weeks in, um, just in case, and then you can, you know, use that how you want it, you know, it does risk that you won't be earning anything over those weeks, but I think it's better than having to sort of cut the client off completely.
1: You see, the problem that we have sometimes, because, you know, we are only tiny, is that you might say to somebody, okay, we're going to, it's a four week project. And let's say that you worked for them for all of September, mm-hmm. um, for four weeks. And, you know, we're always booked a couple of months in advance. So then another client comes along with another project that is also for four weeks. And then you say, okay, well, that's no problem. That's October. So boom, all of a sudden, then you've got your, you know, your September and in October taken care of, and then client one comes back and they go, "Yeah, what we need now is we need you to work on another section, or maybe there's some overrun or something like that." Yeah. And then you then you have to go. Well, actually, to be honest, I can't work with you again for another month. Yeah. Now, well, and, that's, and we've that's had,
0: always going to happen, though.
1: Yeah, I know, and we've had situations in the past where that's happened, and it's not just been a month that somebody might have to wait. They might have to wait three months. Mm-hmm. um and you know that doesn't really do you doesn't do us any good so i need to figure out that kind of stuff
0: i think it's it's a bad idea to just hang around in the off chance that they're going to book you in for longer um but maybe to have those conversations early say sort of two weeks in say look i've i'm scheduling in work for the month after um we're, are you likely to want me that
1: Month yeah, yeah, it's kind of almost like being on standby, isn't it I, yeah my My problem would be that if I did what Sarah describes and have like a couple of weeks of dead space between projects, I know what I do i I try and sell them yeah. Well, My t- temptation would be, it's like, oh, we haven't got any work that week. And I, and I, and I, you know, I do some chasing.
0: I guess it'd be like, good for, you know, to use those days kind of for consultancy. So something that I noticed that I don't know if he's still doing it, but Paul Berg had like a little consultancy, um, sort of offering where you can book him for an hour or for a day. Um, and I think he schedules that in between projects. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he still does it, but I kind of like that idea so that if you do have those days where you're kind of not working on anything, to be able to do some kind of little bits of consultancy uh, to kind of retain that income.
1: You don't know if he still does it?
0: Um, I can check on his site. <laughs> do, do
1: you know do what? Do. I'd want to hire him. I'd want to hire him. <laughs> That'd yeah. be so much fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> for a day. No,
1: he, Yeah, at home. Make for him a day. come to great. your farm. <laughs> exactly. Make him come all the way up north. Paul's never been this far <laughs> north. It makes his ears pop. Oh. Yeah, but that's, that's the, the thing, isn't it? It's, it's what do you do to keep the structure? Um, but still allow the flexibility of being able to drop a few things in when you need to like he you know, does unru- still
0: do it he's got a 30 to 60 minute clinic so you can book him um so you can just chat with him online and he'll give you advice i think that'd be fun it's called a consultancy clinic i'll put a link in the show notes
1: cool i might just do Do that you want to book him oh yeah absolutely
0: it's 60 pounds plus vat per 30 minutes
1: that's a bargain I wouldn't want to do it at all seriously. I just want to talk about my corns.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we could, we could book him in, um, and to talk on the podcast, but not tell him that he's talking on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we could definitely do that. (laughs) Yeah. So this is what I'm wrestling with. This is definitely what I'm wrestling with at the moment, because I really, really, really want to do both of these jobs, despite the fact that actually both of them would have to take place at the same time. So I know that I'm not going to be able to do both of them. Um, So it's that, it's that race, isn't it? Here's another question, right? So you've got a block of free space. Let's say it's September and you've got four weeks and you're talking to two clients and both of them are, you know, great prospects, really interesting projects. Um, both of them need the work to be done at that time, you know, during September. Yeah. So there's no flexibility in deadlines. It's, you know, you either do it there or you don't. And you're talking to both of them and you're kind of hedging your bets, aren't you? You kind of think, well, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not both going to come off. I mean, hopefully the disaster scenario is that neither of them come off. And then you just sort of sit there through September going. (whistles) Just wait for the (laughs) emo to (laughs) bong. So that, or the other thing that happens is they both turn up at the same time. Has that ever happened? Yeah.
0: Yep. What do you do? Every time.
1: How, how do you, I mean, you've got to let somebody down. What do you say?
0: Um, if I've worked with them before, I'm probably more likely to work with them again. Uh, no, what do you do? Hard.
1: Well, I know it's hard, isn't it? Because, you know, when you're in sales mode, you are, you know, you're trying to get the gig and you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're basically saying, you know, yes, 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 gotta have this gig, really want this gig. And then the next thing you might have to say to a disappointed person is, yeah, I'm really sorry, but I can't do it now because we've got another job. And it's
0: like, oh, how do, how do you handle that? Right. Yeah. So you're waiting for kind of for one person to get back to you. In the meantime, you've kind yes, of like, for we- another project and.
1: Yeah, exactly
0: we haven't that's never happened but
1: we haven't gone out and actively you know chase two jobs at the same time yeah you know they both just come to us and learn yeah maybe we can do this maybe we can't so uh yeah i'll keep you posted then i'll let you know which one i we, guess what um, you
0: could do is say say you got uh the first email you replied to say they want you for a month so you say i could book you in for september and then with the second kind of question you the second uh, potential client, you could say I could book you in after September because I've already got something booked in. Then, if they say yes, you could always and the other person says no, you can kind of shift that. So you can say actually I can start earlier.
1: Yeah. So as I mean, soon
0: as you say, as soon as you say that you're available, you basically have that time blocked out until they get back to you.
1: Yeah. You see, the danger there is that you know you don't end up with any of it. Yeah, if you—that's yeah. real danger, real danger of blocking something in before it's confirmed. I mean, that deposit yeah, that we but, that you want to charge people—that's like a time booking fee, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I know. So, I think I think of it like you know, in uh, you know, in some places when you're buying a ticket online, and they'll put you—they'll kind of hold it for you for thirty minutes while you complete the process. I kind of do that.
1: So how long do you give somebody to come back to you? Cause it's uh, something, you know, it can be, it can sound almost a bit arrogant in a way. It's like, I'll yeah. give you, you know, I'll give you three days to, you know, to come back to me. But after that, you know, the time's gone. Well, maybe they can't make a decision in three well, days.
0: Well, I think it's more the way to say, if you say, I'm um, booking up projects very quickly. So it, it would, I'd really appreciate it, it. I'd really appreciate it if you could get back to me as soon as, as soon as possible so that I can book you in. Um. Mm. But yeah, maybe I'd give them three days. Yeah.
1: I don't think you can really give anybody more than a week. No. Because, you know, you're kind of gambling with your own income, aren't you? Because you yeah. know, what happens to not And if they, they want you that badly then <laughs> Yeah. It does it just drive me nuts when people have like really, really short deadlines. Not necessarily because they've um you know, there's a particular objective, but because you know that's what they think, or you know that's that's what they've got in their own timetable.
0: But, I think you know, a lot of it isn't kind of they they don't think it's going to take very long, but um, more that it, it's it's can be quite difficult to find people to work on the project. Well, I um, think it must
1: be. It's almost isn't it actually harder to find anybody that's good that's just available in two weeks?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because if you you know if you can just say, "Yeah, fine, I can start in two weeks," you know what what else would you be doing? You're know, yeah. sort of sitting there scratching your, scratching your beard. <laughs> yeah. No, it's interesting. We should talk more about this at some point. Yeah. More about sort of scheduling and, and that kind of stuff. Cause it, I think it affects everybody.
0: I think it would be interesting to find out what, um, what other freelancers do. Um, maybe if they've tried out weekly billing and then gone back to kind of daily, why they've done that.
1: I'd love to find out anybody else's experiences. If they've tried it, let us know. Send us a tweet yeah. or an email. So next week, um, we're going to start talking about contracts. Yeah. Because we are now, what is this? Episode, what did we say? 27? 27. And yeah, we've got 27 episodes in and we haven't talked about the thing that I bet everybody thought that we were going to talk about. Like, <laughs> three,
0: right? Why have we been waiting so long? Um, because I didn't
1: want to kind of make, ah, yeah, of course he's going to talk about contracts. Yeah. There's nothing, once he's talked about contracts, there isn't anything else he's going to talk about. (laughs) Um,
0: So that's it. After we talked about contracts, we're just going to finish the show.
1: (sighs) We like crickets. (laughs) (sighs) No, there's so much that we can talk about. Um, but it is about time, I think, that we, that we addressed that issue. Um
0: is so it the one where we're doing two We're going to we're going to do once? it
1: over a two-parter, yeah. Yeah. Um and um we might make the shows a little bit longer so that we can maybe stretch them out um while I'm away on holiday. Yeah. We might have a kind of a show in hand, something like that. Yeah. So as far as the listeners are concerned, it'll just be the normal schedule, but we'll have uh, they'll be able to have more of us. Um so you're, you're away
0: about- for weeks?
1: Uh, I think it's three shows that I'm going to miss. Yeah. So have you got any ideas who you're going to have on yet? Yeah. But you're not going to say, you're not going to tell the listeners? I'm going to surprise you. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it when I go away and then every Monday I kind of get the little, uh, instacast notification. Well, <laughs> I get, the, I get the bus brat one. Your episode has gone live. Yeah. Um, and it's going Oh, do you get that? Yeah.
0: Oh, I'll stop emailing you when I put it live then.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it comes automatically because I'm the account holder. So oh, this okay. is really interesting for the listeners, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can edit this stuff out, but yes, yeah, so, I know I love listening to the show when I'm not on it.
0: People we still st- get good feedback about um, Ashley's episode.
1: People people liked it more than when I'm on it.
0: <laughs> Maybe I should get her back.
1: Yeah, she's funny. So yeah, so yeah, we'll talk about contracts um, over the next couple of weeks because that's a really meaty meaty subject so in preparation if there's anybody listening that has used things like the contract killer and had any good or bad experiences of it i'd love to to hear what you think and if you've got a nasty um story to tell you know where you maybe didn't use a contract and things went wrong um or you did use a contract and then when things went wrong they went right That'd be good to know, so let us know.
0: And also let us know whether we can read out your name or not, or if you want us to read you out as anonymous or give you a funny name. We can make one up.
1: Really? Oh that's a lot of fun. <laughs> so we better wrap it up. Yeah. You can email me at he has at and Anna she has at bz. Or you can email both of us at at theyhaveatunfinished.bz. People do. They write all the time. It's great.
0: Do they always write to your He Has email address? Because you're talking about emails in the show that I haven't had. Uh, I'm wondering if people just like sending in to you because they think I'm scary.
1: Well, I mean, they wouldn't be wrong. (laughs) I copy you in on the replies most of the time. That's
0: true, yeah. I don't
1: know. (laughs) <laughs> All the links that we mention in this episode are in our show notes. You can find them at unfinished.bz 27. That's the number 27. And to ask us questions and suggest topics, message us on Twitter at unfinishedbz. Thanks again to our sponsor this week, Blush. Blush does beautiful letterpress printing of cards stationery and more for designers and artists you can find them at blushpublishing.co.uk slash unfinished please support the show by supporting them
0: see you next week see you next week should i clap
1: recording now yep so do a clap when you're ready
0: one two three
1: That was perfect. No, it wasn't. It was right on. No. Oh, go on in,
0: One more. One, two, three. That was a bit better, but it wasn't great.
1: first one was actually better.
0: No. now we've got a lag again.
1: Oh, that must be Skype, though, because it sounded good to me. Yeah. Right, your turn for the intro. Oh. It is. It's your turn this week. Let me just check that you
0: haven't... Aha. No, you have put stupid things in there. <laughs> can eat ice cream all day and I just don't care. Yeah, that's you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm writing the show notes. I can put in what I like.
0: Well, I'll read out what I like.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's your prerogative. That's a lady's prerogative. (laughs) Alright. It's blush. Blush make (laughs) what? (laughs) What? Okay, what happened to the gag reel? We never did the gag reel anymore.
0: Oh, I can fit one in.
1: So like the gag reel. It's Blush. Blush makes the kind of technology that geeks like us use every day with 16th century printing methods to create beautiful letterpress printing for oh, people who Andy. haven't turned their phone off. No, <laughs> the phone is in the office. Hang on a minute. Gah. <laughs> good afternoon. Hello mate,
0: I'm
1: just recording the show. Can I call you
0: back later? Okay. See ya. Sorry. The Did you answer the phone stuff? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool.
1: Yeah, you I just say stuff? Stuff, good morning.
0: <laughs> Aren't people like, what? Is that no. your name?
1: No, and sometimes, sometimes I answer it stiffy, no sense. (laughs) And, uh, anyway, so let's do this again. (laughs)